Industrial Revolution, Modern World History, Lesson Number 7. The Beginnings of Industrialization. How did the Agricultural Revolution cause the Industrial Revolution? Well, one major thing that occurred was the creation of enclosures. These were larger farms and they allowed for landowners to increase their land holdings, thus causing two important results. They generated capital to be able to experiment with new agriculture. And they forced farmers to either become tenant farmers or put them out of work, causing them to move to the cities. What were some of the major inventions of the agricultural revolution? Two major inventions. One, the seed drill. This allowed farmers to sow seeds in well-spaced rows at specific depths. Crop rotation, which was alternating the type of crops planted in a field so as to replenish the nutrients in the soil. What were some of the results of the agricultural revolution? Number one, food supplies increase. Overall, living conditions improved. Third, population increased. And lastly, a demand for food and goods increased. Now why did the Industrial Revolution begin in England specifically? Well for one, there was a large population. And when you have a large population, you have a demand. Secondly, Natural resources were in abundance in England. Here's a few. Water and coal power to fuel machines. Iron ore to construct machines. Rivers for inland transportation. And lastly, they naturally had harbors for easy trading. What were some of the other reasons why the Industrial Revolution began in England? For one, there was economic stability in England. There was an availability of capital, which is money, for investment, i.e. banks were able to make loans. Number two, there was political stability. Parliament passed laws to protect business. Overall, all of the factors needed for production, land, labor, and capital, were present in England, thus creating the perfect climate for industrialization. What were some of the major inventions of the Industrial Revolution? One, the flying shuttle. This doubled the work of one weaver. Up next was the spinning jenny. and This was one spinner to work eight threads at a time. Building on the spinning jenny, we have the spinning mule. This made stronger, finer, and more consistent thread. And then the one that we are most familiar with is the cotton gin. This extracted seeds from cotton. Production went from one and a half million pounds to 85 million pounds. How did transportation change as a result of the Industrial Revolution? Well, we have the steam engine, and this allows for water transport via a steamboat. It ends up creating a network of canals throughout England 
and it also causes the creation of the railroad locomotive. How else did transportation change? The steam engine allows for the creation of the Liverpool-Manchester Railway for thousands of new jobs on the railroad, jobs extracting iron and coal for power and travel opportunities between city and rural areas. How else did transportation change? Roadbeds with large stone allows for macadam roads without sinking in mud and the creation of a network of roads. So basically a sturdier roadway. Industrialization case study. We're going to look at Manchester. How did industrialization impact where people lived? Well urbanization was rampant. This is a period in time when mass amounts of people migrated from rural areas to cities in search of work. The results? Cities like Glasgow and Berlin tripled in size. London quadrupled. How did industrialization impact living conditions? There were no standards. There was no building codes, no sanitary codes, lack of housing, education, and police production, protection. The results? Many die from sicknesses that swept through the cities. A classic disease was cholera. How did industrialization impact working conditions? Long hours. The average working day was spent 14 hours a day at a job, six days a week. Factories, we saw poor conditions. They were common, dangerous machines, unclean factories. How did industrialization change class distinctions? You have an emergence of a middle class. You have factory owners, shippers, and merchants became rich and as a result became more powerful than the old class. The old class, remember, are the aristocrats, the landowners. As you can see in this diagram, you have a shift. You have merchants and factory owners, and landowners and aristocrats or nobility. These two groups clash due to industrialization. How did industrialization change class distinctions continued? You have a larger middle class emerge made up of an upper middle class, government employees, doctors, lawyers, you have a lower, lower middle class, which are factory overseers, skilled workers, mechanical drafters, etc. How did industrialization end up helping people? Well, it created jobs, for one. It contributed to the overall wealth of nations. It encouraged and created technological innovation. And we saw healthier diets better housing overall, cheaper mass-produced clothing. How did industrialization hurt people? There was resentment. Many poor people resented the fact that machines were replacing them. Working conditions. Many people experienced poor working conditions and suffered. These conditions of pollution, child labor, overcrowding, 
provoked a series of questions. What should be done, if anything? Who should own the factors of production, land, labor, and capital? Should the government or should private companies? Should the government step in if business is not behaving? Should the government just leave business alone, laissez-faire? Industrialization spreads. Why was continental Europe late to industrialize? For one, they were preoccupied with the chaos of the French Revolution and the Napoleonic Wars. Continental Europe ended up falling behind um, when Britain was industrializing. Who industrialized first in continental Europe? Belgium. Due to rich deposits of iron, coal, and waterways, the Belgians were pioneers with new industrial technologies. Who else industrialized? Germany. Due to political divisions, not unified until 1871, industrialization occurred in certain resource-rich areas, for example, West Germany. They also built a vast network of railways, which allowed for future industrial and military power. What was the worldwide impact of industrialization? Overall, you have a rise of global inequality. It widened the gap between industrialized and non-industrialized nations. You have the rich nations, and now you have the poor nations. As a result, you have the rise of imperialism, and imperialism is stronger nations controlling weaker nations. Poor or weaker nations, countries, were utilized for their raw materials and markets to sell their goods. You do have an increase in the middle class overall. And because of some of the poor working conditions, you also see reform movements all over industrialized nations. So changing in working conditions, child labor laws, etc. An age of reform. What was the reaction to industrialization? Due to the revolution and how goods were produced and the changes, urbanization, rise of factories, working conditions that came with industrialization, many philosophers debated what the role of government should be in the economy. What was the major debate? Laissez-faire, which is the policy of letting owners set working conditions without interference from the government, just completely leave the market alone. That was one perspective. Or government regulation. The idea that government should regulate business practices to protect individuals. If business is not regulated, the idea would be the rich will get richer and the poor will suffer. These are the two major philosophies that came out of observing industrialization. Who are some of the famous philosophers that reacted to industrialization? Adam Smith. His philosophy was capitalism. Money invested in business ventures with the goal of making a profit. If individuals follow their self-interest, the world would be an orderly and progressive place. He believed in laissez-faire economics. He believed government should stay out of the market 
and social harmony would result. So ask yourself, what does Smith believe should be the role of government and why? Two other philosophers were Thomas Malthus and David Ricardo. Both Malthus and Ricardo believed in capitalism. Malthus agreed with Smith, argued population tended to increase more than food supply, however. This was outlined in his essay on the principle of population. Ricardo agreed with Smith as well. Permanent underclass will always be poor. Wages would be forced down as population increased. This is outlined in the principles of political economy and taxation. Two other philosophers were Jeremy Bentham and John Stuart Mill. Their philosophy was utilitarianism. Bentham believed in utilitarianism. This is that people should judge ideas, institutions, and actions on the basis of utility or usefulness. Government should promote the greatest good for the greatest number of people. Mill led the utilitarianism movement, but also fought for government to do away with great differences in wealth. His entire philosophy was based on assessing things in our world based on their utility or their usefulness. So the question for you is, what do Bentham and Mill believe should be the role of government and why? Another philosopher was Charles Fourier and Saint-Simon. Their philosophy was much different than the others I just mentioned. It was socialism. They believed that the rich to get richer and the poor to get poorer. The factors of production, land, labor, and capital should be owned by the government, so public ownership. There should be no private business. They believed in the redistribution of wealth. The result? Poverty would be abolished and all people would be equal. The question then to you is, what do they believe should be the role of government and why? Karl Marx. Building on the tenets of socialism, Karl Marx comes up with a more dramatic philosophy referred to as Marxism and communism. Karl Marx had a negative view of industrialization. He believed that it was evil. He called for the workers, or the proletariat, to unite and overthrow the managers, or the capitalists, the bourgeoisie. He called this revolution of the classes Marxism. He believed temporarily we would see socialism. And remember, socialism would be the factors of production owned by the government, no private ownership. And then he believed the end stage would be communism. And communism is different from socialism in that the factors of production are owned by the people, not by the government. He believed the government would eventually wither away and would not be necessary. The question then is, what does Marx believe should be the role of government and why? How did unions work? Unions were labor organizations and they worked at improving the working conditions of the working class. One thing that they utilized was collective bargaining. This is negotiations between workers and their employers. A more dramatic method was the strike and that would be if collective bargaining didn't work workers would refuse to work.
crowded unions work continued. Workers who were unsatisfied with conditions. The American Federation of Labor, of Labor the AFL, won higher wages and shorter hours for working people. Unions directly threatened owners' profits by fighting for higher wages, shorter hours, better conditions. This is a direct result of industrialization. What specific reform laws were passed? Factory Act of 1833 made it illegal to hire children under nine years of age. The Ten Hours Act of 1847 limited the workday to 10 hours for women and children. What were some other reform movements? Slavery was handled. William Wilberforce, member of parliament, fought to end the slave trade in the British Empire. Result? Britain abolished slavery in 1833. The fight for women's rights. Women activists joined the International Council for Women in 1888 to fight for rights such as equal pay, etc. This was the Industrial Revolution, Modern World History, Lesson Number 7. Thank you for listening.